Okay. All right, there we go. Today's Dav is Dav Pei Gimel, page 83. We are on the bottom of Pei Beis Amad Beis. We are up to Eisve. All right, Eisve, two lines from the bottom of Pei Beis Amad Beis. And let's remind ourselves what the challenging question is. Rabbi Yechanan taught us a fascinating opinion of his, which is that if a woman says in front of two loaves of bread, these two loaves of bread are forbidden to me, and one loaf of bread she doesn't like anyway. If the husband removes the vow, remember a husband can only remove a vow of affliction. So if he removes the vow, Rabbi Echanan says, he only removes the vow on the good bread, the one that she likes, because that's considered afflicting herself. But the bread that she doesn't like anyway, when she took the vow, it's not a affliction on that bread. And therefore, his removal of the vow doesn't work on the bread she doesn't like, so it remains forbidden to her. So she's forbidden to the bread she doesn't like. According to this, the chiddush is you could have one state, you could have a, a statement on two, one statement on two loaves, and it removes part of uh, the, only the part which is considered affliction. Okay, so we're going to challenge that halacha. That's what like the chum arguing and they say no. Once it's gone, it's gone. Now we're going to challenge Rebbeinu. We're going to challenge Rebbeinu from as follows. I'll give a quick introduction. A woman says, "I am." Accepting upon myself to be a Nazira. Can a husband remove that vow? The Allah is yes. Why? Because she's afflicting herself from drinking wine. Here's the issue. Not when a Nazira, uh, when a woman becomes a Nazira, not only is she forbidden to drink wine, she's also forbidden to eat grapes and seeds from grapes and skins from grapes and the sediment, which is not even good. So what would be the halacha? If a woman says, I'm an Azira, and the husband removes the vow, let me ask you a question. Does she remain forbidden to the seeds, the skins, which aren't Enoi Nefesh anyway? You understand where we're going with this? According to Rabbi Echanan, that when you remove a vow, you're only removing the parts of the vow that are considered affliction. When a husband removes a vow of Nazira, she should still be forbidden in the gookie stuff. No, no, no. no. no? Oh, you shake your head. Why not? No, why because not? Because when she says, that she prohibits herself from the two loaves of bread. Yeah. So it's two loaves of bread. Yeah. Here, a Nazira, it's a category. And it has a bunch of... Okay, so Maravinsky wants to say here, Naziris is a category so with some subdivisions. When you're, when you're over there, though, some of the subdivisions, it, it no longer fits Gvaldic. Nazira. Gvaldic. All right, that's going to be the first half of Pei Gimel Amad Aleph. This attempt and your answer. Right. We're going to give your answer. Here we go. Two lines of my Pei Beis Amad Beis. That's a challenging question. On Rabbi Echanan, a woman who makes herself in a zira, and then she drinks wine on pipis, or she's on pipis. today's The halacha is she's going to receive malchus. She actively transgressed her vow. However, listen to this. Let's say her husband removed the vow. She purposely she made herself in a zira. He removes it, but she doesn't know yet. And now she drinks wine. You know why? Because even though she thought she was being making trouble, yeah, she thought she was making trouble and doing an avera. The truth was, it wasn't avera. It's not an avera for her because her thing is no longer there. Now says the Gemara to to bring around its question. A 
According to Rabbi Yechanan, who says that when your husband removes a vow, he only removes the afflictive part of the vow, what we should say is, she should still get lashes when the husband removes the vow, because maybe the only thing he removes is the wine, which is the affliction, but chartzon from the seeds, umenzog, and from the skins, he never removes it, there's no affliction in that. So why don't we give, why don't we give her a whooping? We should give her malchus. It seems from the... It seems from the halacha of the Mishnah that she's completely off the hook, no matter what she does. Okay, so we're we're assuming we're assuming that uh, that the, very good. We're assuming the same way that she's not going to get Malchus for drinking the wine. She's not going to get Malchus for the skins and the seeds either. Meaning, it's gone in Gansan. And the question is, why? According to Rabbi Yechanan, that you only remove the afflictive side of a vow. Why does it seem from the Mishnah? that she's not going to get Malchus even on the things that are not in affliction. The Chorah, she should get Malchus because they remain in effect. Her vow remains in effect on those things to which the Gemara answers, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Ravinsky's answer, which is, Ein Naziris Lechatzon. There's no such thing as partial Naziris, which means Naziris is a category in and of itself. So when she said, Harini Nazira, behold, I'm a Nazir, all the Halachas, Go together. It's all there together. It all leaves together. Amalei Abaye, Abaye says to his beloved Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef, he just asking on the phrasing of his Rebbe. Rebbe seems to say, there's no Nazirus Tachatzon. Abaye wants to make sure he's understanding his Rebbe properly. He says, Rebbe, do you mean there's no Nazirus Tachatzon? But when it comes to the sacrifices, we know that a Nazir brings three karbonas. He brings an Eulah, a Chatas, and a Shlomen. Does that seem to imply there is, uh, you know, some karbonas? yes, yeah, some karbonas? no, is it the Naziris, or is it what you're saying apply to the sacrifices as well? So, Ella uh, Amrabai, no, what, what we mean over here is, it's, it's all one category. And that's, that was the answer that Abaravinsky gave, and that's the answer that we're sticking with. Okay, so again, we challenge Rabbi We say, oh, Rabbi according to you, you only remove the afflictive part. What about Naziris? Why is there no Malkus on anything? And the answer is, Malkus is different than a loaf of bread, than two loaves of bread. Two loaves of bread is uh, one, is, uh, even if she makes it in one statement, but each loaf could be viewed independently. Naziris is a category, you have to view it as a whole. Once the afflictive part is gone, then the entire vow is gone. Okay. Says the Gemara Meisvei, we're going to ask a challenging question, not on Rabbi Echanan yet, again, we're not asking again, we're going to ask on Abaye, who says that the same way Naziris is a category, so too the sacrifices of a Nazir are, the, are a category as well, and there's no such thing as carbon lechatzon. So they challenge that. Let's say a woman um, made herself a Nazira, and she becomes, uh, she drinks wine, or she becomes tummy, and now she sets aside an animal as her chatas, as her sin offering, and then the husband removes her vow. So guess what? She's, uh, she, she doesn't need this animal. So, why you bring some carbonus without the other? Good kasha. Ain't carbonus the chatzoyin. And the Gemara. Valamai is carbon chatzin the zeros. What are you going to tell me? There is a carbon chatzin the zeros. Shalish behemas boy lasuye chatzoy loushlam. So the Gemara says, no. What we mean is you can't bring a half an animal. All right? But you could have, um, you could have some carbonus that are brought, depending on what the circumstances are. Ella. Rather, tell you what's happening over here. Laila, main carbon lechatzin zeros. Chatasayif demasi mishum dechatas al asafik. And the chatasayif is being brought because because we do that even when 
there is a suffix. The Gemara is clarifying for us over here is as follows. Let's say you have a woman who makes herself a Nazira. Now, Stam Nazira, so plain Nazira says for 30 days. 20 days into her Nazira, her husband hears about it and nullifies. Is there such a thing as a 20-day Naziris? We say no. What, we, the, what the Gemara is clarifying for us over here is that a Naziris lechatsoin means we're not going to say that there's, she's going to bring Karbanas on a 20-day Naziris. It's not what we're talking about over here. What we need in Naziris lechatsoin is that you have to view Naziris as a complete category, uh, a complete category in and of itself. Okay? Memela, even... Uh, Mamela, she's going to have to bring this karbachatas anyway. You know why? Because Maman of Shach. Whether or not she becomes tummy, we know that if she sets aside an animal for Naziris, she's going to end up bringing a chatas. Now, how does Hafaras the Dharam work? Does it work retroactively? Does it work from here on forth? We learned Hafaras the Dharam is from here on forth. Okay? Therefore, if a husband finds out 20 days into her Naziris and removes her vows uh, uh, of Naziris, Lamaisa, she was a Nazira for, uh, she was a Nazira for 20 days. Okay, let's go back to Rabbi Yechanan's statement. Again, we have not disproven him about um, the removal of a vow. It only removes the afflictive part. That was his opinion. We haven't disproved him yet, so let's try this again. Eitzvei, that's a challenging question on Rabbi Yechanan. A woman who makes herself into a Nazira and she becomes and then the husband removes her vow. She has to bring a carbon chatas. She does not need to bring a carbon oila. Okay, why? Because again, she didn't have a complete 30 days of Naziris. Aye, what about the carbon chatas? So we said, when it, even by a suffix, you bring a carbon chatas. By definition, so is, so you will bring a chatas, you will not bring a knife. Now says the Gemara, if Rebbechen would be correct, that when a husband removes a vow, he only removes the afflicted part of the vow, and not the part of the vow that does not afflict her, top of Amad Beis, when she, as far as the wine is concerned, where she's afflicting herself by making her into a, into a uh, Nazira, so Heferla, that part he removes. Great question, basic question. Um, a Nazira is the two primary categories of Allah for her are drinking wine and becoming impure. Tummy mace. Is it difficult? Is it considered afflicting myself to not become tummy mace? Depends. Why does it depend? Depends who you're going to be matami yourself for. Okay. Be a family member, and then it's. Okay. It's Zeno if, if it's not. Okay, so Barabinsky says maybe it would be considered inui if you don't allow yourself to become tummy. And the response to that is, even if somebody's close family member dies, there's no need to become tummy. There's no need, right? There's no need. It's, 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 so it's not considered afflictive. Like, what do you, but there's no need to drink wine either. You, well, there's pleasure in that. There's pleasure in that. There's pleasure in drinking wine. There's no pleasure in becoming tummy mace. My therapist would argue with that. There's okay. this cathartic. Cathartic, it's... It, to it, become tummy? Oh, no, you can well, stand next to your mace outside. Oh, true. Okay, you're right. I'm saying there's ways to go about right. it. You can't okay. benefit from wine unless you drink it. I stand right. Why do you drink it? You come yeah, yeah, yeah. Wine, as far as the actual becoming tummy, here we're saying, but as far as the actual okay. tummy itself, there's no, there's no pleasure 
coming from the Tuma. So Gemara is going to ask, the Gemara here is asking a basic question. She makes herself a Nazir, the husband removes Naziris. If Rabbi Yechanan is correct, you remove only the afflictive part, we should say like this. She's still, she's, she's still a Nazira as far as Tamei Mace is concerned, and she would not be a Nazira as far as the wine is concerned, because only the afflictive part is removed. So Gemara answers, Amri, they said, Tomas Mace Nari im Leitzara. But the reason why I answered you over there is because that's Nafkin between the Havamina and the Maskana. The Maskana ultimately is saying that to actually be involved hands on with the burial is very Chashif because you have a you know, in, in some circles, they're not makbid. On the burial, they go, you leave the body there and we, and we go away as if like it's helping the people. You know, it's an uncomfortable thing, but you're benefiting tremendously from it. From the actual haspedim, um, the crying, and the kvura, and also being involved in hands-on, the actual burial, which is going to make you tummy. Ultimately, that's going to that's so break the tumma. Really? Big, big rate. Okay. Zok the Mishnah Vaiter. Seven lines from the... Seven lines from the top of Pekim Olbis. Koinom sh'ani nena lebriyes. A woman says, I will not benefit from anybody. I mean, a koinom from taking any sort of pleasure from any other creation, any other person. Any yachalefer. The husband has no right... To be made for. Okay? You hear this? This, is, this should be a little surprising to us. Because you'd think she's afflicting herself by not benefiting from anybody else. And even though she said she's not going to benefit from anybody else, she's still, if she's an Ani, she's still permitted to benefit from Lekha Chichampe. Kainam Kahanam Leviyam Nanam Li. Let's say she says, I'm being a kainam from kaihanim and levim. They cannot benefit from me. Yitlu al karchay. We say, you still need to give your trumas and maizers. Right? In the first case, I'm not benefiting from creation. In this case, finally, they will benefit from me. We say, listen, you can't do that. The Torah has a pre existing obligation on, there's a pre existing obligation on trumas and maizers. What if he says that this specific Hayyan, this specific Levi, is not going to get Hanua from me? Then that works. And uh, it's a valid vow. And different Kahanim and Levim should receive the Trumas and Maisers. Okay. Good. Zok the Gemara. Alma. We see from our Mishnah. Efshir de Metazna mi dile. From the fact that we allow her to have a vow that she's not benefiting from anybody else in creation, we see that it is, it is efsher, it is possible, it is doable, the mitazna midilei, for her to receive mazon, to receive food from him. All right, now, because she's saying it's a valid, it's not considered afflictive by saying I'm not benefiting from any of creation. We're assuming that means, but she's going to benefit from the husband. So here we go. Michlal, the Baal, Lav Michlal, Briyazu. Oh, so now we got Shalom Bias issues. 
Yeah, we say, oh, look at the Mishnah, men aren't really people. They're husbands, especially husbands, right? They say no such thing as a perfect husband because right, you have a single woman. They're all, uh, the, 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 all the good guys are already married and then all the married women are saying, uh, uh, wish we had somebody else. So there's no such thing as a perfect man. That's, uh, right, that's the, the joke they put out there. We say, that when she says, I'm not bending from anybody, if we allow the vow to be effective, that means that a husband is not included in bris because she has to, in some way, shape, or form, get benefit from the husband. She's allowed to benefit but it seems to imply that's what she has to eat from because now she's an aniyah because she can't benefit from anybody. So it seems that she's not allowed to benefit from her husband. Otherwise, we should say she's a, she can't benefit from anybody else but she could benefit from her husband and we don't say that. Amar Ulu explains yeah, a, a woman's husband it's not included in the expression of briyais va'id and va'id, and furthermore, ein yochol We're saying two things. We're saying first of all, when she says I'm forbidden for briyais, it doesn't apply to her husband. Okay, we go into the understanding of what her phrase is when she says. Okay, when she says not, we say that doesn't include the husband. And not only that, when she says. Um, when the reason why the vow remains effective and he cannot remove it is because she could benefit from him and she could benefit, she could feed off like a chicken pay. So she's not dependent on everybody else. Rav Amar, Rav says, Really, a husband would be included in the expression of Briyas. Now, if this would be true, let's pause for a minute. When she says, I'm forbidden to benefit from Briyas, it includes the husband. Okay? And the Mishnah is giving a, a, the reason for the reason why he can't remove the veil that he's going to hold Taka she cannot get benefit from the husband because she has other options. When you have other options you're in good shape. Rav Nachman says really the husband is not included in Briyas if they get divorced then she's able to have like a shechumpeya because now she no longer has the husband to uh, now she no longer has the husband to support her, and Mamela will become an afflictive situation. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up over here. Uh, this is the final halacha. We don't go too far. With it. You know, the, these dafin are very short. But let's give a quick wrap up of what we did today. So today's daf started out with a couple of challenging ideas on Rabbi Echanan's opinion of the two breads, where he says if one bread was liked, one bread was not liked, and he removes the vow, he only rema- removes the vow part of the, the afflictive part of the vow, but the other piece of bread, that the, the loaf of bread that she didn't like, she remains forbidden to. The Gemara tried challenging that from the situation of Nazir, and the Gemara answers that you can't challenge it from Nazir because it's different than bread. Nazir is a category in and of itself. Then we ask the question, what about, a, what about uh, let's challenge Rabbi Yechonim because we know that there's halacha if a woman makes a nether saying that she is a nazira and her husband, her, her husband removes it, so there's a partial karbonus. She's going to bring a, bring a karbachatas. You're not going to bring a karbonayla. And the Gemara responded there as well that no, the reason why the entire nazirus falls off and it's not just the, the wine affliction that falls off is because of the necessary grief process 
that's, uh, that's included in a hands-on approach to the burial of her mace. And then we had the next Mishnah, which made a, a discrepancy between um, her forbidding her, when she says, I'm not allowed to benefit from anybody else, that's valid because she could still benefit from her husband. And we'll explain in a moment what that is. The second part of the Mishnah has Lukhanim and Levi, and we haven't focused on that yet. But on the ratio of the Mishnah, the Gemara clarified and, said, and, uh, and basically gave us three different ways to understand these first two lines. When she says, Is the husband included in Briais or not? So we have three different approaches. If he's included in Briais, then she would not be allowed to benefit from him because she could still benefit from others. And again, it's not considered fully a affliction on her. And therefore, the husband would not be allowed to remove the vow. Or you could say, another way to learn is that the husband's not included in, in Briais. And this is why the vow is valid because she always has her husband to rely upon. Okay, we'll hold it here. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.